born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I uh, entitled this Roaming Through Roman series. I, I had... Uh, I got 10 lessons done, and I thought, this will force me to get the rest of it done. So I'm going to have to get on the stick and finish up the rest of the the lectures that I want to do in the book of Romans. So uh, I go all the way up to chapter 8. So I've got a little ways to go yet to finish up the studies in the book of Romans. But in the book of Romans, believe God is the the author, but he used human writers. And this was the great apostle Paul. And I believe Paul went to Rome. I do not believe Peter ever went to Rome. Got no reasons to believe it. And so I don't believe that the uh, Roman Catholic Church is founded on the place of Peter being there and so on. I don't believe that. You might. It's okay. I'll love you anyway. But in the book of Romans, I gave a, a little outline of this book in your notes there. But look there in verse 1. Verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a a simple introduction, but this book... If you look there at your notes, illustrates the comparing it with a duplicating machine. Now, I used to do printing work when I was about 14, 15, and I had to go and live with my aunt and uncle in Virginia for about two years. He got me a job. I never got paid, but he got me a job working at the printing company where he worked. And one place was called Tidewater News, and but he worked there in... Hunterdale in Virginia, right outside a place called Franklin, Virginia. So I was there for two years, and after I got off out of school, I would have to go to work for a couple hours. And there, he would always give me a a job sitting at type and tearing down type. He would run a line of type machine, and I 
had to try to learn the board on the Atlanta type, E-T-A, O-I-U, S-H-R, D-O-U. I had to learn the keyboard, and it's totally different from a typewriter. And then he um, had me set the type up into a big California job case where you would type and set the type from, and then they'd get through, and I had to put it all up. So I would do this by the hours. And I got to where I was pretty fast at it. I thought I was fast because I'm only competing against myself, but I always took a little pride in what I was doing and see how fast I could do it and putting all the type up. Or if he said, set this, how fast can I set it up and then have it right? But they, they would print, and then they would bring up the paper, and they'd show all the mistakes on it. And so he would have all kind of things, then he had to redo it, and then I had to find that on the thing and redo it again. So we did that until you had it right. So they had copies, but they wanted a copy to be right, and so they had to keep working at it. We had, years ago in, in our church, we had a duplicating machine. And it was the old-fashioned kind, and you had to turn them with your hand and put the paper out. When we went to camps, a lot of times you didn't have electricity. You had to run a duplicating machine, and you could put it in there, and you typed on it, and it came out blue, and you'd turn it, and it'd come out. Anybody remember any of that? All right, so most of y'all, y'all are old folks. <laughs> but we had a duplicating machine, and this duplicating machine would make copies of whatever you had typed onto it. So whatever the original was, was what you're going to get on the copies. So if you look there in the little square box, God desires to create a righteous man to produce righteous deeds in a wicked, crooked, and perverse world. So God wants to produce a righteous man to bring forth righteous deeds. So you and I have trusted Christ as our Savior, so we're the righteous man. Now he wants us to produce the righteous deeds. Now, as you go through the book of Romans, it is awesome when you're talking about the just shall live by faith. That's mentioned three times in the New Testament. Once in the Old Testament, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, when it talks about the just shall live by faith. So in the book of Romans, it talks about the just. In the book of Galatians, the just shall live. And then in the book of Hebrews, the just shall live by faith. So it takes three books to explain that one verse. So the book of Romans explains who are the just. How do we get to be justified with God, righteous with God? So God gives us an illustration. And the key thing to keep in mind is all the copies are going to be like the original. So whatever's on the original is going to be on the copy. Now, I can take a piece of paper and I can put... Anything on that piece of paper, and go in the copy machine, turn on that thing, and the copies will come out. And the copies will come out, and they look almost like the original. Sometimes you can't hardly tell the copy from the original. So there's people who are trying to change the copy without changing the original. And every time it comes out, it's going to come out just like the original. Now, you and I, we came from an original. The original was Adam. So Adam was the original, and so all of us are copies of the original. So as you go through the book of Romans, and you can see and understand that, just think of a, a duplicating machine and what God's goal is. So I wanted to give you a simple breakdown of the whole book of Romans, and look there at number one. 
Number one, the first three chapters shows why the copies are bad. Being created in fallen man's image. Because the original copy, Adam, was bad. And by the time you get through, and the conclusion was that all have sinned. And that nobody can be justified by his works. So it explains those that knew God and those that didn't know God. Those that are Gentiles and those that are Jews. So all of this has gone through and explained in the first three chapters. And the conclusion of the whole matter is that all have sinned and come short of the glory or the perfection of God. All because we came from an original, and the original was marred. And so if it's bad, all the copies are going to be bad. So you have to change the original in order to get the copies right. So this is what has to be done. Look at number two. Number two, Romans chapter 3 through chapter 5 shows that the copies cannot improve themselves. But the only cure is to replace the marred original with another perfect original. So as we go through it, we find that there's something else in here that we need to do. So it starts off in chapter 4, what hath Abraham found? He found an original, a new original. So by faith alone, see, you can trust Christ as Savior. Now, the new copy comes from the new original. Christ is an original. He is not a copy of Adam. He is totally separate from Adam. So a lot of people see in life are trying to, I guess, change the way they are. But the way you are is just like the original. And uh, so you need another original. That's why he says you have to have a, a new birth. Look there very quickly in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, it talks about what God says Abraham hath found. And it says in verse 2 of chapter 4, If Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. So the first three chapters is showing you how that a man cannot be justified by his works. And now chapter 4 is going to show you how you can be justified. And it's by faith and faith alone. And then he refers to Abraham. He refers to David. And then once again, he refers to Abraham and the circumcision. And it was a sign that, of a, that, that you believe and so forth uh, as an individual. So he says there in, in, look in verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all. Then he tells you what faith is. In other words, how do you get to be part of the original copy, another original, which is Christ? So you have to be born of God. Christ is the original. He is perfect. He is righteous. He's everything you and I want to be. God could not find any righteousness outside of a righteous man. Only a righteous man can perform righteous deeds. All of us were born into this world, and all of our so-called righteousness and goodness was as filthy rags. So the copy is only after the original. 
So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, he is another original. There's two Adams. The first Adam, the second Adam. Now, hold your place right here and look there in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll notice there in verse 45, look at verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last, Adam, quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. Earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So there's two originals, two different sources, two different qualities. The first man was a sinner. The second man was perfect. When we were born into the world, we were made after the image of the first one. When you trust Christ as your Savior, you're made after the image of the second. So now look what he says here in verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So there's two different images here. Now sometimes you can try to run a copy back through the machine, and a lot of times you'll get um, blurred vision. It uh, doesn't always fall in exactly the same spot, and it's overlaid and it's even harder to understand. You cannot improve the copy from that original. You have to get another original. That's why when you trust Christ as your Savior, you have a, a different source from which to make that perfect copy from. Now, look there at number three in your notes. Romans chapter 6 shows that the new copies are not to run on the old machine or the old man. You see, the old man, the old sinful nature that you and I have, we're not supposed to try to run new copies on the old machine. Now, I have had both kinds. I've had the kind that you had to do manually. And I've had the kind that you, uh, you plug it into the wall. It's a new power, a new source. So you have a new duplicating machine, and it has electric power. So all you have to do is keep it plugged in, and it will run and produce a lot more copies. But whatever you put on it, the original, is what you're going to get out of it. So now, you and I have uh, this problem you see, we have an old machine and we have a new machine now. You have the old man and you have the new man. And either one of them can produce an image. And as you run your life, sometimes you're running on the old machine, which is what we call the flesh, and uh, it's going to produce a certain image. And if you let the Holy Spirit control, it's going to produce a certain image. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to say which machines it's running on. Sometimes things look confusing. And a person's life can get bogged down. 
I remember we used to have it to where it would build up ink on it. And after a while, it had ink smudges all over it. So we had to keep the machine clean. And then I worked in printing companies where they would have this big rolls of paper, big, huge rolls. And I'm talking about it's going so fast you can't believe how fast it can print. And then it cuts it and folds it. Down in Shreveport, Louisiana, I used to have to go every morning about 3.30, and I would have to put inserts and then jog them and get them ready for the, the paper boys to take them. Well, when I was coming up, I did any odd job. I, could, I didn't get what the job was. I had to need some extra money, I'd go to work. I didn't have somebody, hey, I need some money. I had work to get it or any odd jobs and hours of the night. And I'd be, I'd be staggered. I'd be so tired. But I'd get those things and insert them and then jog them. I'm talking about a whole armful of jog. I can still, when it comes to open up a ream of paper, I very seldom ever take the time and tear it open. I've been doing it for years. I take that one thing, cross my knee, pew, whole thing is opened up, pull it out there, it's done. But you, after a while, you learn little tricks on how to do things. When it comes to serving the Lord, there's things that when you start off, you, you don't understand all of it. You, you do get confused, and you get messed up. You stumble, you fall. But just keep walking with the Lord. After a while, you can begin to polish your life a little bit. Cut off some of the rough edges. It's not easy at first. There's always problems and difficulties. But understanding that God's Word is laying out how you're going to understand life and your Christian life and what's been going on. So chapter 6 is trying to get you and I to understand there's another way to live. This righteous man, how can he bring forth righteous deeds? He's still got this old machine, and the old machine wants to run the copies. And when you do, you'll still produce the anger and the bitterness and the hatefulness, the ugliness. Any Christian sitting in this room is capable of running copies off the old machine. And you can still look just like you did from the original, which is Adam, the first Adam. And some of you have uh, little by little learned that there's um, a better way to live and better things for your life. And so you have learned how to use the new machine, how to walk in the Lord, what we call walking in the Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit controls your life and will produce the copies that God really wants to. Uh, I want you just to jump down one so you can see it on your notes there. Look down in verse uh, number 7, all the way down to number 7. Chapter 12 to chapter 14, because this is where you're headed. You just haven't got there yet. But it says, shows the product to be produced for God and for others as a result of chapter 8. Chapter 8 is where we talk about the Holy Spirit. But understanding there's a, a new product that God wants out of your life. And so if you do not learn how to yield to God, because that's where your conflict is always going to be, your will versus God's will. What God wants to produce in your life and what you want to do. Uh, sometimes it's easier to walk in the old shoes because when you get a new pair of shoes, sometimes it rubs a blister on your foot. And those old, ugly shoes, they're just so comfortable. It's hard sometimes for Betty to get me out of a pair of dungarees that I've worn for so long or a pair of shoes that I really like. 
She said, Yankee, those things look terrible. I'm going to throw them things away. No, 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 no. And some of you are the same way. Because you've, you're used to walking a certain way. You don't want to change some things. Well, remember, with the Lord, after you trust Christ as Savior, God wants change in your life. Believe it or not. And he says, it is not the will of God. He says, depart from iniquity. God wants you and I to live a righteous life, a good life, a godly life. We don't do it to get to heaven, but we should because we're going to heaven. We're God's children. This is how God wants his children to live. And so when you get to chapter 12 and 13 and 14, see, it's talking about what does this new machine, what does it produce? If I was to allow the Holy Spirit to control my life, what will be the results of it? And this is what God's talking about. There is going to be good results, what he's been looking for. Remember when he came to the nation of Israel, he was looking for fruit on the fig tree? Well, it really wasn't the fig tree that he was looking for. It really wasn't the figs on the fig tree that he's looking for. Israel is a type of the fig tree, and he was looking for the fruits of righteousness. And it says every tree that does not bring forth the fruit of righteousness, he's going to cut down. Well, so that's a picture of every lost man in the world. God's going to cut them down because all the trees cannot produce the right fruit. And so you have to be made in the image of Christ in order to bring forth the right product. So God says that um, when you trust him as your Savior, uh, then you're now able to produce the fruit that God wants you to bring forth in your life. Now go back there to number uh, four. Number four is Romans chapter seven deals with, shows why the new copies are not to run on the old machine. There's a conflict with double image, and then people will not understand because they look at your life, and one moment you're, you're looking and acting like a saint of God that's been saved for a hundred years, and then you look like a lost man that's never learned anything in your life. Sometimes I, I like to play a game of golf, and once in a while, when I hit the ball and it goes in the woods, I think to myself, I'm better than this. I know I'm better than this. It's not the weather. It's not the golf ball. It's not the club. I wonder what the problem is. I can't figure out what the problem is. It's a beautiful day. There's nothing wrong with the golf course. There's nothing wrong with my clubs. Nothing wrong with the ball. What can it be? And I still haven't figured out what the problem is. Must be the tea I've been using, the golf tea. That's probably what the problem is. I need to get me a magic tea. And sometimes it takes a while before I realize it's me. It's me. And when I want to try to change and correct something, if I don't keep doing it, I revert back to the same way I've always done it. It's so easy just to revert back. And under pressure, you'll play the same way. You watch the pros. And they're always talking about that. Well, that swing or that way he putts, will it hold up under pressure? And a lot of times it breaks down. And they can do super until it's uh, 
Sunday afternoon, the last day of a tournament, and then guy blows up because you revert back under pressure to being the way you used to be. Now, in your life, how you handle problems <sighs> under pressure. You say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. And then under pressure, you'll copy it again and do the same thing. Why? Because it's so easy. That's how you've been doing it. That's the way you've been running the copies. And so you just produce a few more of them. And so whenever you have one moment in your life where it seems like, oh, these are beautiful copies, and then you have these copies, and people are going to get a different reading from your life. I said, well, no. He says he loves the Lord, but look at his life. Now, see, you don't love God to get to heaven, but because you do love the Lord, you should seek to bring forth the right copies. The things that people see, the way you act, talk, think, all these things are revealed by your life. So it's important. So in chapter 7, and I've taught chapter 7 many times, because I have a sermon that I have on it called Mr. Law and Mr. Mr. Love. Some of y'all remember the sermon. Mr. Law and Mr. Love and how we explain that. Now, when I go through this and we go to get to chapter 7, we won't do it all in one lesson because we're going to take the time and really look at it and go through it very carefully. But whenever I'm preaching a sermon on something, then I just hit boom, 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 and it's a sermon, and it's in a, a one-moment affair. But when you go through it, you can stop anywhere and start anywhere. This is what I like about going through the books. You don't have to stop anywhere in particular, just according to the time, like this morning. So I can ramble, do anything I want to do, but when it's time to stop, I have to stop, right? But does it really matter where I am? No, because we're going to continue there the next time. That's such easy teaching. It's the easiest there is. But look at number uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 shows the new power, which is the Holy Spirit, for running the new machine. This is the new man. Runs on a different source of power. And this is the key. And many people say, well, there's the, the magic of chapter 7 is found in chapter 8. It's how you're able to perform. Because in chapter 7, it says, that is talking about the flesh. How to perform that which is good, I find not. I don't know how to perform. I don't know how to get done what I want to get done. Uh, just hold your place right here. But just look there in chapter 7 real quick. Romans in chapter 7. In other words, just to kind of give you a quick little picture here. In Romans in chapter 7, notice the desire... To produce the good copies, but the bad copies keep showing up. For that which I do, I allow not. In other words, I didn't want to do it. I didn't, want to, I didn't give myself permission to do that. Did you know that it would be great if you could control your thoughts every moment, but you can't? We'd like to. You don't always control your tongue. You, you may want to, but you ever slip? Say something you shouldn't have said with a tone that you wished you hadn't said it in. I'd done that one time, 1963, I think it was. <laughs> and look what it said. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. See, the copies are not coming out according to what he wanted. He's producing something he doesn't want to produce. 
In verse 16, if then I do that which I would not, I can send unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. See, he has this old sinful nature. So he finally figured out, I've been running it on the old machine. So, but he doesn't know how to run the new one. Isn't that sometimes the difficulty with most Christians? Is How do I get the righteous deeds to come from the new man? How can I live the way God wants me to live? Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me